Welcome back to another edition of the Sean Light Podcast. My name is Sean Light. I'm the CEO of 4A Health, and I am releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to answer one question. How can health and fitness professionals rise above the rest to become recognized as a leader in our industry, all while being paid what you are worth and building a ridiculously exciting financial future? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Sean Light Podcast. Obviously, if you don't realize it by episode 218 by now, this is, in fact, Sean Light, CEO for a Health. Hope everybody's doing well out there in podcast land. And today's episode, guys, what we're going to talk about here today is we're going to talk about just a little, uh, I want to give you some like uh, some clarity and some, con- I don't know about context, but I just want to discuss some of the zany, out-of-the-box strategies that we've been discussing over the last few days uh, and give you an update on how it is going for me. I'll tell you this, the stuff that we talked about, gosh, I don't remember exactly what day it was, I, my... I've recorded so many podcasts, guys. It's hard for me to keep up. However, I have uh, the 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 concept of shifting your paradigm, that default system, your comfort zone. It just makes too much sense. Like it is so clear to me that that is more than likely the answer to whatever it is that you're shooting for in your life. It really reminds me of, I mean, we're coming up, oh man, it honestly, honestly is probably about a year ago where I sat down on my couch and I really tried to think about what it was. I wanted to boil it down, right? I wanted to figure out what it was that was actually standing in my way of, where I am right now, and where I want to be. And what's interesting uh, is, and I relate it, I really relate this back to fitness and uh, my philosophies inside of the gym, right? Whenever I was working with an athlete over the course of my strength and conditioning career, my goal was always to get to the root cause. Like, let's train at the best possible, in the best possible fashion, for example, one of the reasons that I never really meshed with the FRC or the FMS concepts is because I didn't feel my intuition said that this is not the base, the foundational cause of the issues, right? And the FMS, one of the things, like one of the, the, the most basic FMS protocols is... Uh, the functional overhead squat, where you squat down, bar over your head, how far down can you get? Of course, there's a couple other things that go into it. Uh, and if you can't get all the way down, the first the first thing that you do is you put your heels up on the FMS board. And if you go all the way down, that is an indication that you have limited ankle dorsiflexion, ankle mobility. And up to this point, that makes a lot of sense, right? And the the at least the way that i was taught it 
uh, the fix for that was always to do these ankle mobility exercises, which that technically makes sense. But you have to ask yourself the question, why don't you have ankle uh, mobility? Why don't you have the dorsiflexion available for that exercise? You know, is it is it hamstring tension? Is it is there a is there fascial densifications? You know, what is it that's causing that? Is it a difference between the left and the right side? Uh, and asking those questions led me to believe that there might be deeper levels. And I always, I never wanted to hit it superficially. I understood that on some levels and in some instances that was important. For example, I worked with an NBA player uh, when I was working for the Lakers uh, who had knee pain. And he had literally zero degrees of dorsiflexion and like literally zero. And the absolute classic play in, in, in strength and conditioning, right? This is like one of the first things you learn that if you have bad ankle dorsiflexion, if you have bad ankle mobility, uh, the, the tension is going to shoot up to the next joint, the joint by joint approach, right? Oh man, I, have, I don't know. I probably haven't said that term in a decade. But uh, it shoots up to the knee. So for that person, I needed to, I, I decided that it was more important for him to play pain-free in the NBA than it was for me to go through the painstaking, challenging process of, of getting to the foundational root cause of why he didn't have dorsiflexion, which in many cases is a huge puzzle, right? So the point being is that we're really trying to get down to the fundamentals of why somebody might be struggling uh, in or some or, you know, get down to the fundamentals of what really causes human performance, right? And that's ultimately where the Gen Max model came from. I wanted to I wanted to get to the baseline root or the baseline cause of everything, and which ended up I went as far down as neurology and neurophysiology to, to learn that stuff. But the same thing applies to success science. And that's what I want you guys to see here. When I sat down on my couch a year ago and tried to figure out what was going on, I was I would say things like, uh, okay, Sean, like you're not managing your time well. Okay, that's number one. You know, uh, you know, you're you're you know, you don't you haven't read enough books, or whatever, right? I don't I don't know accounting. I don't know, I don't, you know, whatever. Like there's a million things, you know, I haven't marketed myself enough. I haven't I haven't, you know, gotten my Facebook ads to convert. I haven't got my website up and running. Whatever it was, I just kept asking myself, why, 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 why? Because I wanted to get to the root cause. Like, what's really the root cause of the issue at hand here? And I would say that if, if I hadn't advertised, if I haven't, let's say, if I hadn't worked, if I wasn't working hard enough, Let's actually let me take that back. What if I said that that the I come up on a day, I ask myself that question, I say, why why am I not uh, why am I not managing my time better? My you know time management is the big thing that's standing in my way. Well, what would be the equivalent to doing those ankle mobility exercises? Uh, the quick fix, the superficial fix, would be read a time management book, take a time management course, watch some YouTube videos on it, or uh, you know. You know, make a make a you know make a daily schedule. Go buy a buy a planner or something like that, right? But you got to look deeper than that, and that's where this whole paradigm thing comes from. Is that 
we're really going down to the root cause. And my conclusion was that the real reason why I wasn't managing my time, marketing myself enough, reading the books I needed to, working as hard as I should, and boom, 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 all of those things. The reason is that I was not doing that was simply because my mind, because of the way that my mind was programmed, I rather play video games. I would rather watch Netflix. I would rather do this. I would rather do that. There's so many other things that I would rather do. And my default system, my paradigm, is constructed in such a way that really makes it tempting and the lure of it is so strong that it really makes me want to do it and I do it. And I said, and in that moment, I said, Sean, the, the real hiccup here is your mind that you don't own your, you don't have mastery over your mind. So I went on Google and, or Amazon and I found a book called How to Own Your Mind. I'm actually looking at it right now. How to Own Your Mind by Napoleon Hill. And the uh, I went out and bought that book so that I could begin the process of learning that. And what's interesting is they just, just like what I talked about with you guys about how to quote unquote change your paradigm, that default system, your comfort zone. Uh, that's what this book talked about. It talked about repetition and doing things over and over and over again. In this book, they call it auto-suggestion. Just doing it over and over and over again. If you tell yourself something enough times, Eventually, you're going to believe it. I heard a really great story here uh, the other day. I'm going to do my best to bring it back for you. But the author of that book, the author of Think and Grow Rich, all the same guy, Napoleon Hill, uh, a guy that has been br brought up on this podcast a bajillion times. And uh, the author of that book, he, he, was, he was a writer for a newspaper. And his newspaper editor decided that he was going to go uh they were going to do an article on <clears throat> andrew carnegie who was i believe at the time the richest man ever and what they did was they sent him out to carnegie's office and he had three days with andrew carnegie and and he was just a a lowly writer you know whatever how just i guess probably a middle class citizen going going into the office of the richest man on the planet and he goes through he gives him the he it basically they wanted to hear his life story they wanted to hear his recipes for success and hill is interviewing him on his philosophies and exactly that and then on the last day then hill is in in his off in carnegie's office carnegie says to him he says napoleon i i am wondering whether or not you would be interested in a job that will bring you no financial or public recognition, notoriety, or, or success uh, over the course of the first 20 years. And that, that job was to go out and interview all of the best, most successful people on the planet and put, that, and put the formula uh, in a book. And Carnegie had thought that he thought it was wrong for him to die and go to his grave without sharing this success philosophy with the world because so many people had been misguided as to what creates success. And it's interesting, apparently under the desk, Carnegie was holding a little stopwatch and he was, he was giving him 60 seconds. If he didn't answer in 60 seconds, he, did, he, he was going to assume that Napoleon Hill was not somebody who had what it takes uh, to accomplish that task. And apparently 25 seconds in, 
is when uh, Hill accepted the offer and decided that he was going to dedicate his life in 25 seconds. He was going to dedicate his life to finding out the success formula and teaching it to the world. And Hill gets up and he's, he said, uh, he was like, well, all right, like, what's the first step? How am I going to do this? And Carnegie said, the only help that I'm going to give you, you will not receive any pay from me. You will not receive a single cent from me. The only thing I'll give you is a letter of introduction to all the most successful people in the world so that you can get in there and you can inter- interview them and, and do that. But that's the only thing you get. You get one letter of introduction for these successful people and that's it. Apparently, he, uh, he'll accepted, not his head accepted, starts walking out the room and right before he leaves, uh, Andrew Carnegie turns to him and says, there's one thing that you have to do. He's like, I want you to write down on a piece of paper. I want you to write down that uh, you will. Now, I'm going to I'm going to butcher the quote here. But he said the quote was something to the effect of I am going to I'm going to pass the success of Andrew Carnegie. And at the time, uh at the, at the time, that sounded absolutely ridiculous. It seemed preposterous that a journalist could surpass the wealth of somebody who was currently the richest person on the planet. Uh, and he's like, you have to write it down on a piece of paper and you have to say it out loud to yourself in the morning when you wake up and before you go to bed every single day. And uh, he went home. And uh, he obviously thought that, that that sounded foolish. He thought it was stupid, uh, but he had committed. He made a decision. And he made a commitment to doing it. So the next morning he wakes up. He goes to his bathroom, looks at, looks at himself in the mirror, pulls out that little card, and he recites. He whispers to himself so that nobody else could hear him because he knew everybody would start making fun of him. He said, I am going to surpass the accomplishments and achievements of Andrew Carnegie. And he said on the first, for the first two weeks, he felt like an idiot, felt like it was foolish and it was never going to happen, felt like a wish, felt like a fantasy. Couple, uh, halfway through the month, he started wondering, he's like, man, maybe this, maybe this, uh, maybe this might happen. And by the end of the month, he knew what was going to happen. And the rest is really history. You know, I think they, they calculated that over the course of his life, Andrew Carnegie had made something in the effect of, uh, you know, 20, 25 millionaires uh, during his lifetime. Well, Napoleon Hill, through his works, has created countless millionaires and probably billionaires at this point through his work. And so he has, in fact, passed the uh, the threshold of Andrew Carnegie and the success of what he's done. Now, uh, the point of me saying this and the point of me telling you this story is it does come down to the repetition. It does come down to that root level of of just changing your mind and getting ownership and mastery over what's going on inside of your head. Understand that the reasons why you are not doing what you know you should be doing is simply because of your mind. And you have to change that paradigm in order to do that. So uh, in a roundabout way, this episode is about letting you know that that is what I am currently working on. When we first started this podcast Many months ago, I said that every single day I'm going to come on here. I'm going to tell you what I'm working on. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing in my life to get better every single day. And right now, that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on repeating. I have an index card in my pocket right now that has that affirmation on it that I told you about the other day. And I feel like an idiot saying it. Okay. But I'm, this is my, this is day two. 
or day, day, day two or day three of, of me doing it every single day and doing it as many times as I can. Every time, every, every time I get a second, I say it out loud. I'm saying it to him. I was looking at myself in the, in the mirror in the gym, but in between sets, saying it to myself, saying it in the shower, saying it, you know, while I'm making my coffee, I'm just repeating it, repeating it, repeating it because I'm, I'm buying in on the fact that if I say it to myself enough times, I'll eventually believe it. I'll change the paradigm. I'll change who I am. I'll change my mind, I'll change my results, and the rest will be history. That's the idea. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And as what's becoming a ritual here, I'm asking you to take two seconds, scroll to the bottom, and just drop me a, a review, uh, even if it's just a little thumbs-up emoji and a, uh, and a rating just because it's so helpful to the podcast. It really helps us elevate in, in our space. Uh, it helps us elevate in the, pod, the podcast world. Uh, and it's, it's, just pl- it's just a plain good deed. So if you're looking for a good deed today, drop me a comment and a review and uh, we will be, or in a rating, and uh, I will be greatly appreciative. Everybody, get out there and have a wonderful day. All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to that episode of the Sean Light Podcast. It is my belief that the number one problem inside of the health and fitness industry is the fact that nobody has ever taught us how to make money. The reality is that most of us at one point or another in our career are going to have to train somebody that we don't want to train. We're going to have to train and program exercises that we know aren't the best exercises for this individual. And we're going to have to train people at a lower price point, all because the dollar weighs more than the barbell. And if we're going to have the impact on the clients and produce the results that we're guaranteeing, at some point, we have to learn how to not become a slave to money, all to keep paying the rent and keep keep paying the bills and, and keep food on the table. Once we learn how to generate revenue and income, now we can have the freedom to train who we want, when we want, for the price that we're worth. And then and only then will we be able to create the impact that we want so badly in this industry. So I've dedicated my company, I've dedicated my career to teaching people inside of the health and fitness industry how to do just that. So if you want to learn more, Go to weightroomhero.com and download a free copy of the Personal Trainer's Money-Making Bible. It is an absolute beast of a book that teaches you all of the theory and philosophy to get you started on your road to consistent, predictable, and really exciting amounts of cash flow. Okay, that's what I've committed everything to. That's what this book is all about. So go over to weightroomhero.com and download for free the personal trainer's money-making Bible. I guarantee you, you won't forget it. This is the first step in you learning how to create that level of cash flow, income, and revenue inside of your career. That's weightroomhero.com. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.